Mother's Day is around the corner. Find the perfect gift for the mom in your life with a stunning piece of jewelry from Blue Nile. From timeless pearls to dazzling gemstones, Blue Nile has something she'll adore. Need a fast? Most items can ship overnight. Plus, enjoy guaranteed free shipping and returns. Don't miss our special Mother's Day deals. Save big on the season's most beautiful trends. For a limited time, get up to 50% off by going to BlueNile.com. That's BlueNile.com. Well, welcome to Dilly Ding, Dilly Dong, the Leicester Mercury's Leicester City podcast. Again, we're doing it live via Facebook. Uh, before I kick off, just the usual pleasantries about Beer 52, offer a free beer. Go to beer52.com, use the tagline Leicester to register and get eight beers from around the world uh, for free. You just got to pay your postage to pack in five. 95 so beer52.com for free beer now james obviously it's the uh, the lunchtime after the night before yeah. leicester city versus west bromwich albion uh a draw in the end another one but that doesn't tell the whole story it's uh, it was a bit of a disappointing performance from city and it's uh, left them in the bottom three uh, after eight games and certainly there's a lot of fans Judging by the atmosphere at the end of the game, a lot of fans that are unhappy with the way things are going so far this season. Yeah, for the first, for the first time this season that there have been audible boos um, at the final whistle. I think just an eruption of eight games worth of, well, seven games because they won one, of frustration at performances where they've done all right but still lost games and then performances against teams that they were hoping to do better against haven't been great I and mean, yeah they, did, they didn't lose but after the start they had you looked at this section of fixtures and thought right now this is what we need to now we need to hit these and and they haven't um, it surprised me that the boos came at, at the final whistle obviously that's when the result happened so you know you've only drawn but I thought the last 15 minutes Leicester were on top they looked like they're the only team that wanted to win Pulis had just taken off two attackers to bring in two defenders and we're going for it and ended on top had the boost come at half time I'd have understood it a little bit more because the first half was rubbish well both teams were, were yeah. awful in the first half and if anybody watching that in the stadium having paid their money to watch that would have been yeah. disappointing I mean I know West Bromwich Albion are notorious for being a spoiling sort of side they, they're set up just to stifle the opposition and, and then try and pinch things on the break and they almost did it with Nasser Chadwick's yeah. free kick which we'll get to in a minute, but it wasn't so much the booze that uh, it was the the audible silence from vast parts. It was an eerie atmosphere at the end of the game, and yeah. I think that sort of expressed more about the despondency in the mood of the Leicester fans mm. as a whole, rather than the the, the odd few that that, that booed. And uh, I just, they just need a bit of inspiring, don't they? At the moment, yeah. they're, they're sort of um, concerned about where this season is going for, for Leicester City. Eight games in, obviously, it's, it's far too early to panic. Uh, they are in the bottom three, and it, you know the stats are that it's been 58 days since the last victory. It was the same period of time before Claudio was sacked. Um, but I don't know. Is there a mitigation? The fact that they, the four defeats have come against four of the top six sides. Um, I think it's the other four games that have really been the disappointment, haven't they? Yeah, I mean, after the game, you... social media is never the, is never the greatest place to go to gauge a widespread. Um, reasoned um, view of what the situation is when you look at social media at full time you always get people kind of venting the frustration and venting the anger and lots of people kind of calling like calling for managers heads calling for change and people were noticing this in the, in the press room and they were talking afterwards 
to us about it and saying has this come for, has this been going on for a long time and I said not really I think it, it started to come against like I said the, these so called Leicester teams that you would expect Leicester to win I think Leicester the fans were okay about the, about the start and that it was difficult so there were going to be some tough games but it's these are the ones now where you should be you should be picking up wins and they're not doing I think that's what's added to the frustration um, more than anything I think last night obviously was the biggest one I mean the way at Huddersfield and the way at Bournemouth City were poor in the first half at Huddersfield and particularly at Bournemouth for large parts mm. of the game that was their worst performance of the season so we were really hoping the season yeah. would start especially after an international break the season would start then for City against West Bromwich Albion, but this is a West Bromwich Albion side that's not lost in Leicester since 1994. It's yeah, not the same team, obviously, yeah. but uh, you know that they seem to have some sort of hoodoo over City in uh, in, in Leicester. So it was always going to be a difficult one. We always thought that the first goal was going to be absolutely crucial, but uh, no, I think it was just the way City went about it. They lacked a bit of their, that verve, that intensity uh, that was required. They didn't really get off to a flying start to to. Uh, to have momentum going through the game and uh, it was only really in the second half when Shakespeare made some tactical and uh, tactical changes because if you looked at that team sheet when you come out I thought that's probably the strongest lineup. Yeah, you said didn't that, you um, that Shakey could probably pick. Yeah, because uh, look, looking at it every time that the team sheet's been kind of announced this season again social media is awash with, with people complaining about it saying it's not strong enough it's where why is Abora not starting? Where's Ianacho? Why are we still playing four four two? All these kind of things. Um, and even though they still were playing four four two, the the team you they picked, you would say was possibly the strongest they had. Mares was back in, Ianacho was in to, to have a chance. Abora was starting, so you'd you'd have hoped that team would have started more positively. Let's talk about some of the individual performances. Mm. Uh, three changes to the side. Ian Acho, now a lot of fans have been waiting for this guy to get a run in the side and he didn't really take his chance last night. He did, he, the game sort of just passed him by for large spells. It did, yeah. And I, I think, I think, obviously it's only his second start in the Premier League. So, But I think he's suffering from the same issue that Slomani has suffered with a lot, which is he's being asked to play the Shinji role which takes a lot of energy and a lot of running and a lot of what Shinji offers you, and no one can do it as well as Shinji. And that doesn't that doesn't play to Slomani's strengths when he's played in that in that situation. Doesn't play to Inacho's strengths. He can play in the hole, but he's not he's not your Okazaki running about keeping the link, keeping it going. He's more creative. Would like to get forward more, play more of a Vardy role. So at times yesterday, he did look like. He wasn't sure about what he needed to do. He wasn't sure of his positioning. He wasn't sure about his role. Um, and I think we'll get to it when we discuss the change of formation. But I think, I think if they do change formation and they go for for two up front, it may with someone in the hole, it, it may help him thrive a little bit because while he did show glimpses and touches of quality all in all it was frustrating yeah I mean there was a couple of runs when he burst forward yeah. with the ball and he looked lively then you thought this could be interesting mm. but uh, there wasn't there was far too few and uh, he wasn't really involved in the game what about one of the other uh, players to come in Vicente Abora now a lot of fans have been waiting for him to get a first Premier League start uh, he, he got it last night I thought he did okay. I thought he, he needs to move the ball quicker, but he's got to learn that. Leicester City, especially against a side like West Bromwich Albion, who were very quick to reset and make it hard and put up a, a wall mm. in front of you. You need to move the ball a bit quicker, but he did he did use the ball quite well. Uh, were you impressed? 
I'm a bit with you, really. I thought it was. I thought it was okay. I know there's a few times where we sat in the press box and you, and you were saying, I could hear you say, "Move it, move it," um, because he, there was a couple of times where he'd get the ball and he'd have runners either side of him, and had that been say drink water, the ball would have gone straight away. Whereas Abora, a touch of the inlers a little bit, like likes to put his foot on the ball and have a look first. Um, it's the background he's come from. The of course, cult- it is. The footballing exactly. culture. He's As Shakespeare keeps saying, he's used to playing in a three-man midfield. hasn't played in a, hasn't really ever played in a two-man midfield. For for Seville, his role was in a three in front of the back four, put his foot on it, and then he, and then he would play it sideways to, to the two midfielders he had in front of him. He can't do that at Leicester. So, mm. not in this current system. No, not of course not. Um, and that is something he will need to work on. But there is quality there. There's a composure there. There's a calmness. There is a confidence about him. And he can organise the midfield. He just needs to get used to the pace, of not only the Premier League, but at the pace in which Leicester try and play football. And the third uh, change to the starting lineup was the return of Riyad Mahrez. Now, after the game, Shakespeare admitted that he'd left him out of Bournemouth to give him a kick up the backside. And he was quite happy with the response. And it was uh, Mahrez that... Uh, Scored the equaliser later on. He had a great chance before mm. then as well. Uh, pretty much an open goal, which he ballooned over the bar, and he sort of—you could tell by his reaction what he thought of that of himself. But uh, what did you make of Mares's performance? Um, I, yeah, I thought he did. Okay. I thought he did okay. Um, he is, regardless of what people say about his mindset or whether he's bothered about playing for Leicester anymore, he is Leicester's most creative player, and is the player who can create things out of nothing more than anyone else and against a team like West Brom who sit really deep don't give you any space you need someone of his talent and creativity to be able to, to, to move through people and take it past people had that had that goal gone in not blown it over the bar we may well be talking about a different game but it's all if, if but some maybes but I think he did right. Now this we're touching on now changes in formation there, but um, a couple of years ago when he went to the Hawthorns, he just absolutely demolished mm. West Bromwich Albion, and since then everybody's been paying him special attention. I thought it was noticeable last night. Every time he got the ball, when he's pinged out on the on the the flank, there's two or three around him mm. all the time, and it's incredibly hard for him to conjure up that bit of magic. Um, I thought he looked better when he moved inside. Yeah. I think he had a bit more freedom. He could go either side. Um, and obviously when he got into central areas and got into the box he was looking a bit more of a, of a threat so uh, we're going to start yeah. talking we're touching on this I mean, territory uh, now uh, about changes on, on Mars though I remember it's interesting because if my memory serves me correctly at the end of, in the survival season when they went to three at the back Mahrez was would play in that hole and in the title winning season I remember speaking to Ranieri a few times and Claudio would say that he didn't he preferred Mahrez out wide as opposed to being central because it allowed him to get into one-on-one situations more often and it did but now he doesn't get into one-on-one situations because even though he is out wide he's always getting doubled up on the teams have done their the homework on him yeah. now. he was an unknown quantity in very much respects then and now everybody knows he's a PFA player of the year so he doesn't get into those one-on-one situations so anymore so I think it, pro- it is probably right now that he, he does move centrally because he has got more ability to to, to create things and make things tick a little bit. Well, let's get to the elephant in the room. Yeah. Let's let's talk about systems because uh, uh, City made a change. Slomani came on, Chilwell came on. They went to three at the back, wing backs. Slomani and Vardy up top, Mares in the hole uh, behind them, just at the top of uh, Ndidi and Abora. 
suddenly City had a bit of attacking threat momentum. Admittedly, it was late on in the game. Albion are hanging on a little bit. They've retreated into their shell, which they hardly crawled out of in the whole game. That's true, yeah. um, but um, suddenly City had a bit of vibrancy about them, a bit of urgency, and the crowds responded to that. Is that the way forward, do you think, or is it just like, you know, we have to take that with a pinch of salt, it was late in, a, in an individual game? Um, I mean, it's easy to get carried away by it, like you say, it's the last 50 minutes of the game, but just the way in which they moved the ball and played in that system, uh, there's, such, there's much more vibrancy about it, they looked much more... Uh, much more likely to create things in that system and, and they did because you've got players like Chilwell and Albrighton who both defend, can defend but also they're getting forward uh, they, it was Chilwell's ball into Slomani for the knockdown again like that system can get the best out of Ian Acho and also Slomani Slomani came on and he's getting in the box more because he's in the front two and that, that header for Morris's goal was Brilliant, mm. really deep cross. Didn't think he'd get on a bit, but managed to get the power to knock it down to Mares. That that was excellent. They did look a little bit unsure in defensive areas. I know when the change was made, Wes Morgan looked over the bench and shrugged a little bit as to what do we do here. And West Brom got into wide areas without Danny Simpson there now. Cause exactly. Danny Simpson was sacrificed, and he's a very solid defender. Well, if they do change system, I don't know how. Simpson's going to fit in. Well, he could be used as one of the three centre backs, I suppose. I mean, he's a defender that likes to defend. He's not the biggest defender in the world, no. but you know, he's pretty good one on one. He can compete aerially, but you'd be worried about sides getting uh, targeted him in the air. Exactly. But, so, I mean, they, I they, they did. The yeah, they did. West Brom at times did get in behind the wing backs a little bit, unless we're pushing for a, for a winner. So they have got a bit of defensive position to work on, but that will come with practice. I would like to see them start a game in that system and see how it works and how they're able to to create things from the beginning um, I, th I think it's, it's, it's worth a try Well I think 4-4-2 has served the club so well over the last few years yeah. hasn't it and uh, it's uh, that faithful friend it's the comfort zone it's what they returned to last season when things were going pear shaped and suddenly you know they had five wins on the bounce and they were pulling up clear but if you look at the squad now compared to that the squad a couple of years ago and the squad of last season the players that were suited to that four four two now they're not really there anymore. Danny Drinkwater's now moved on. We haven't got Kante anymore. Maris is now being targeted out wide, and and you look at the the defensive options at the uh, at the back. You know, Maguire looks very comfortable in a back three. You've got Ben Chilwell who's come through now, who's a natural left wing back. Yeah. Michael Brighton's played right wing back before effectively, and he's still the best crosser at the club for me, and he can still deliver. From a, a, as a wing back as he can from a wide midfield player. I just think now the team's evolving. This yeah. squad is evolving. Perhaps now the tactics should evolve a little bit now as well, and uh, perhaps we can uh, see a, a, a change over the next few days. I'm sure Shakespeare's thinking about it. I'm sure he's looking at it in training. He said after the game yesterday that they haven't really worked on that system with that personnel before, but I imagine he'll be looking at it this week. No, I, I asked him that actually because I, 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 I tried to ask him what his reasoning were to, to move to a three man defence, and he basically admitted it was to try and stretch them but he did surprise me in saying that they hadn't really worked on it that much in training with that with those personnel there because you'd think that team that finished that game more or less would be the team that you would play in that system um, with those players in those positions so it did surprise me a little bit that they hadn't worked on it that much but seeing how it did work at the end of that game you would surely 
surely they're going to work on it a bit more. Well, it's 30 games to go. We're only eight games in, but City are in the bottom yeah. three. I mean, they could have jumped up to 13th last night with a winner. If they managed to get <laughs> yeah. a winner, uh, that's how tight it is down there. But uh, you know, they are in the bottom three at the moment, ahead of a huge game at Swansea now mm. um, on, on Saturday. And uh, we're in a, I think we're in a really important period of the season now for City yeah. and for Shakespeare as well. You know, we knew the start of the season was going to be incredibly tough with the uh, with the way the fixtures came out, but now. City fans are expecting City to start showing their true self, so uh, it's uh, it's becoming a bit of a, a nervy time. Yeah, because uh, I know we hinted at it before. When the fixture list came out, you looked at that first six games and thought, "Oh, that's tough. Got to get through that." But then once you do get through that, you focus on the next period and think, "Right, we're through that now. We've got this section. We can we can pick points up here, but they are but they're dropping points here, mm. and so that's why." Now it's getting to a point where in the in these more favourable fixtures, Leicester really got to start picking stuff up, and they've got to really start winning game winning games as opposed to just coming coming from behind and, and drawing games and putting up decent shows. It, it it's an important point, important time for the club, but also for Shakespeare as well because they don't keep they, they keep dropping points naturally fans start to get more frustrated and then the pressure builds more and more and more for, for Shakespeare's sake they, they, they need to start getting wins yeah I mean they haven't lost any of those four games no. uh, it's important to point that but I do feel they've left points out on the pitch yeah. and certainly last night I think night, that's the frustrating thing did, yeah it? it is I mean they're, they're close to being a side that can pick up points and pick up victories and start climbing the table and then momentum gathers and confidence grows uh, but at the moment the, long, the longer they're getting frustrated by leaving points out on the pitch you know, the, the pressure will build uh, somewhat inevitably in the Premier League um, but it'll be interesting to see what happens over the next couple of weeks won't it? I mean, the, if they get a couple of positive results suddenly you know everything looks a bit rosier but at the moment I've, uh, just that going back to that, that end of that game and the atmosphere in the stadium it feels like there's a little bit of despondency creeping in I think City, City just need to hold their nerve right now uh, there's no need to push the panic button, but certainly there needs to be some, some changes and something needs to happen. They need a, uh, somebody to ignite that, that touch paper and get them going again. Could that be Adrian Silva? Well, it's, well, the latest on Adrian Silva is that he's having, playing in a very informal, uh, friendly game behind closed doors at Beaver Drive today. Um, it might not even be 90 minutes. It's designed solely to, to give him some pitch time because, as you all know by now, if you've been following the saga, Adrian Silva... Uh, is not registered with Leicester City FIFA withholding his registration uh, because the documentation of his transfer from Sporting Lisbon was received by the FA 14 seconds after the deadline. City have presented evidence they think proves that the uh, transfer matching system, FIFA's own computerised documentation system, uh, was the cause of that delay and that they did submit it all on time. And uh, But a FIFA judge has chucked that out. Now City are expected to go to the Court of Arbitration for sport, uh, but the only way they can do that, because normally you look at that, they try and hear all those cases within three mm. months, because I know you looked at CAS, didn't mm. you? Um, they try and get it all done and dusted within three months, which would take you beyond the January 1st um, date that Silver is officially available to play for Leicester City again, regardless of what happens now. Um, the worst case scenario is that he's available on January the 1st. But we're expecting City to take it to, to, to cast. Mm. They want to try and get it fast-tracked, but they need the cooperation of FIFA to do so. FIFA have to be willing to uh, sit at the arbitration with City before that date. Whether they are willing to do that, we'll find out. Mm. But uh, I, I can't imagine they will be. I, I, I can't no, imagine I mean, all they're going all, all to have got to agree to being taken to a court which is going to try and prove that FIFA are in the wrong 
Yeah, I don't really think people. I think are they'll gonna... be reluctant. They'll be dragging their heels yeah. to, to, to that hearing, won't they? So I think uh, City are facing uphill uh, task to try and get FIFA to go to. Uh, to go to a CAS hearing before January the 1st. I think FIFA want to just dig their heels in as well and say, look, you know, we, we've made this judgment, it should stand, that's yeah. it. And ev- all the members of FIFA should uh, adhere to it. Um, but it'd be interesting to see what does happen over the next few weeks, because I know City haven't given up. Uh, they're still keen to try and have silver available before January the 1st. And uh, if you're talking about systems and playing with uh, three mid- in midfield, Ebora and Silva would be lovely combination to yeah, watch exactly. wouldn't they you know uh, we talk about Nididi um, he's only a 20 year old but a lot of responsibility has been placed on his shoulders uh, since he joined the club in the last year so uh, sometimes you know you need to take the youngsters out and give them a little breather and then throw them back in again but uh, be nice to have Silver available I mean there yeah. has been little problems like that and the Bora's injury Ian Acho's injury you know there have been some sort of mitigation by yeah. you know, and distractions for, for Shakespeare to have to deal with exactly well. but now as you say Ebora is is fit to start. In actually, is fit to start. Now, silver aside, now those two are available. Like we say, it's got to that point now where it needs to. Things need to to change and to evolve because the options are there now to change it and to evolve it. So I think that is where Shakespeare now has has got to show that he is strong enough. To try to start to evolve this side and shape it into a team that can play to its strengths and that can win games of football. No, I think I think I'm I'm backing Shaky to do that as well. I think uh, if we can give give him a bit of time, um, he'll uh, he'll get them firing again. So um, fingers crossed for the future. So join us again on the Mercury website and on our Facebook page. We'll be back with another edition of Dilly Ding Dilly Dong on Thursday after the press conference to preview the Swansea game. Uh, all the stories and the build up to that game will be on our website and our Facebook page. So join us again and don't forget Beer 52 for your free beer. Thank you.